Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben off this cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the... You know what? I don't even want to do it, Nick. I don't even know why I try. I don't even know why I show up. This bullshit Manchester United review, but here we are, putting in the work, but it's frustrating to say the least. Yeah, this, I, I we were talking before the show, I think this is as frustrated as I've been all year, um, and I, I, I think it's just time to, time to have a little catharsis, Dan, time to, time to let the negative out and accept some positive in. It's, it's the, the moment in every Jedi's journey where he embraces the dark side and just lets the boy. hate flow, flow boy. through. Boy, yeah, oh I, boy. I, I had, had to bring the nerd coach quotient up a little bit. But yeah, it's not... This is the least positive I have been all season. And I feel like someone in our Discord made the comment, what's the count going to be of curses tonight? And um, earmuffs so for the children. Earmuffs for the children is important. Well, here we are. We're going to get through it. But uh, yeah, I think there's no sense in sugarcoating things and, and you know, high suppressing feelings. That is unhealthy. So uh, what we're going to do tonight is the usual. We have an interesting little, you know, we try to run down the theme. Uh, Nick has a theme. I have a theme. Dan has a theme. We'll all try to figure out whose theme <laughs> you align with. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure through this podcast. So uh, Nick, uh, you can lead it off. My, mine was hate watch. Uh, I hate watched this. Uh, it was poor. It was ugly. I didn't enjoy any part of it. It was as frustrating as I've ever, 
accurate as I've been this season, so hate watch. Nothing. Lisa didn't ruin the weekend. Is that a positive one? <laughs> I guess. Huh. <laughs> couldn't couldn't let it ruin the the rest of the good times. Uh, my theme is VAR. Who? Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not a damn thing. Gonna steal some song lyrics there. I need Janique to sing it for me. Um, there it is. Dan, yours. Well, I went with the phantom kick, but as you talked about the the fact that it didn't ruin the weekend, I also think a case of the Mondays could totally be the theme of the show as well, because this was the worst type of Monday. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, who, who would tweet at us again was like, how do I hide my tears at work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a downside of a midday match in the work week. Um, but look, you know, we're, we're definitely going to get into it, but before... We just go down that road. Nick, we have a positive, an exciting. It's not a Chelsea thing. It's an us thing. So it's okay to, to like this. <laughs> That's right. It's the only positive part of the show. So buckle in. Um, three Retro. Uh, you guys have seen that we've been doing some kind of light uh, social promotion with them. They've been cool enough to send, cool enough to send us some, uh, some awesome retro shirts. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And we also have a 10% off code 3Retro10 at, uh, at their website. So you should go and check that out. But we are giving away two retro shirts, uh, which is really cool. And they've agreed to do that with us. Uh, all you have to do, and we'll, we'll throw out a tweet on this if you want to respond to the tweet or if you just want to DM us, whatever you want to do, is uh, we want to know which retro kit or which retro kit style you wish that Chelsea would bring back in a like throwback series like they do in the NBA. Uh, we think it's uh, there are a lot of really great options. I am uh, particularly fond of the old uh, lion with the two stars badge, um, and I, I have a couple of shirts with that. So uh, we're going to make this a U.S.-only contest. Sorry to our international fans. We'll get back to you soon, and 18-plus uh, to enter. But we'll be giving away two shirts uh, a shirt of uh, two people's choice on their site. So excited about that. And uh, and then we'll also be getting back with Talisman uh, to do a, a giveaway in March. So a couple of cool things to look forward to. All right. Well, hopefully you don't skip through the rest of this uh, because it is match review time. It was Manchester United in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge this past Monday. Scoreline, Chelsea nil, Man United 2. I think just one of the things that pisses me off is that United are shit yet they're a bogey team right now, right? Like, that is probably the most frustrating part for me throughout this whole thing. Uh, Chelsea, thanks for this, Nick, haven't beaten United since the 2018 FA Cup final. That at least it was a trophy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's it's crazy, man. I mean, you think about last year, it took Ross Barkley in the 95th minute to equalize for us not to lose at home to them. Uh, we got... We we got smacked today. I mean, it's it's not been good, Dan. And uh, and you know the Ole at the wheel jokes are only funny unless you uh, unless you lose to him three times in one fucking season. So yep that that about does it. <laughs> that about does it. There's not a lot more you can say in that scenario. I I do appreciate Brandon uh, the tweet that we got from this guy Yates here who said I'm a United fan and these losses against us have been a fluke 100. percent I much rather have Frank over. Ole, which is, I guess it's the road you can take when you've won handedly and, and stolen three points in every way, shape, and form. I mean, it's accurate. It's 100% true, but like, it's reality. Like, Chelsea are in a much better position than United. 
Ole is not a good manager. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, there's many today that we could talk about. It just hasn't come off for us. Um, look, Chelsea versus Manchester United this season. This is from Michelle Leita on Twitter. Chelsea, 46 shots, 10 on target, one goal. Manchester United, 27 shots, 11 on target, eight goals. Architects of our downfall, hashtag Chaymon. Um, and then Misha <laughs> responding, we also had two disallowed goals to one and three strikes of the post to one. So, you know, more bad luck. But the fact of the matter that in our, the matches we played against United this season, they've scored eight off 11. We have one off of 10. Never, like, those are opposite ends of the spectrum. And we are not in a favorable situation. Did United spend their transfer fund on a hex against us? Like, what? How do you how do you get that lucky, Nick? In terms of just the craziness and the lopsidedness of that, those type of numbers. I don't know if it's luck, man. I I, I think I think the you know if you extrapolated out that forty six shots, ten on target, one goal, you know, across our season, and especially if you took out that seven game win streak at the beginning of the year. I kind of think that's who we are. Like I, I kind of do. I mean, of course, you you know, you're never as bad as your worst record. You're never as great as your best one. But uh, this this team, for whatever whatever reason, I don't know if it's you know still playing half sorry ball or what. But like 46 shots and 10 of those are yeah. on target. <laughs> it's un, it's unacceptable for a Premier League football team. I, I'm sorry. Like these guys are all really well paid highly talented professionals who, uh, you know, we've seen have really high peaks and, and today was just a really low Valley and it's, uh, it's just tough, man. It's just really tough. Yeah. So, um, Dan, go ahead and, and give us the lineup. Cause, and again, we'll discuss this in depth a little bit later. So we'll start with just setting the contextual scene of lineups and stats before we, uh, dive into the deep end. All right, so in the back, Kepa, no! It's Willie Caballero who gets the chance to start in goal. Antonio Rudiger, Andreas Christensen, Cesar Aspilicueta, and Reese James were our back four. Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic is a midfield three with Willian, Pedro, and Mishi as our front three. Substitutes included Kepa Blaga, Marcus Alonso, Fakayo Tamori, and Ross Barkley, who were all unused. We saw a 12-minute substitution for Mason, from Mason Mount for N'Golo Conte. We saw Kurt Zuma come in for an injured Andreas Christensen the 45th minute right after halftime. And then we saw uh, Olivier Giroud come in at the 68th minute for Mishi Bashwai. So, Nick, I don't have it in the script later, but I just thought of this. Uh, Zuma better than Christensen today, yeah? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean... Christensen thing still weirds me out. I, I don't know, man. I, I think I think Christensen was actually playing okay until he was playing real well. Until he got until he got banged up and you know, I think it it would be a discredit to him to you know, to really put that that goal on him. I think that he tried to come back from a a broken nose and didn't look you know, didn't look like he had it all together maybe. Um, not to project an injury on someone, but uh yeah, I was I, th- I think he 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 should feel kind of hard done by today. Um, but I mean, again, I, I don't think our defense played that bad. I don't think United 
in general offered much to the game, um, you know, outside of a late run. And, and after the second goal, they started playing with confidence. But yeah. I mean, if you looked at the way that we controlled the game in the first half and had absolutely nothing to show for it yet again, I think that's just has to be more of the story than, than the defense or anything like that. So, all right. Um, possession 61% to Chelsea. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do that, should we at least cover the fact no Tammy Abraham? None. No Christian Pulisic? Nope. No Callum Hudson Adoy? Zero. All out due to injury, which is absolutely terrifying, and which is why we had a front three of William Pedro Michi. Like, just, just to call out and lay the foundation for what happened. I mean, mm-hmm. Everson's not even in the squad either. Yeah. Not good. Um, not 61% good possession. 17 shots, one on target for Chelsea, nine on nine shots, three on target for United. Um, we had 19 tackles, or 13. We had 14 clearances, they're 26. So that just shows you how much pressure they were under. We had nine corners, they're eight. We were offsides twice, they weren't. One of those was big. <laughs> Four yellow cards, they're three. And we both had 11 fouls conceded. Uh, so the goals, I mean, as we all know, Anthony Martial right before halftime, 45th minute, uh, Harry Maguire, 66th minute, um, pretty interesting to say the least, uh, with Harry Maguire, we'll touch that on the second point, but I think the first one's just the lineup chaos. And I think that's what it was when that lineup came out today, it was absolute chaos on social media. I mean, Dan, where did this lineup come from? Was, is this, was that the best starting 11 that Frank had available? Well, when you see that we were scoring goals with Olivier Giroud, uh, or a goal that was ruled off sides with Olivier Giroud up front, and you saw what Mason Mount delivered to the lineup, I think you could say that, no, it was not the best lineup that we had available. But you had to manage against the fact that if he knew, which he talked about later, that we weren't potentially going to have Emerson available in the next match. We weren't going to have Callum Hudson-Navoy available. We weren't going to have Pulisic available. Tammy is a maybe coming into Spurs. The pool of options is continuing to shrink, Brandon, and we're just we're finding ourselves in a position where it's almost a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario for Frank where he needs to rest some of these players still even after this international break, but... You know, the lineup, it's it, what what match do you rest players? What match do you help them find fitness? Uh, Bayern? <laughs> 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 yeah, well, another thing that's part of it is like, is it a squad depth thing? I you know, I think there's a lot of lack of quality. Chelsea, it's just weird that they weren't able to move a Giroud or Pedro in the January transfer window to bring in reinforcements or depth. And I get it, you have to have a better person coming in for the right price than what's leaving. And that's really difficult, but I don't know. I mean, when I look, so when I go back to like the, is this the best starting 11 he had? I, I, you know, I know someone, I think it was Eric, you know, wanted Mount should have been in over Pedro right away. You know, Christensen in hindsight did pretty well. Um, Kepa not playing. I mean, that it's it's worth a shout. I mean, for post post mortem here, I think that I knowing what United have as their attack, I can understand where Christensen's a little bit more athletic, and you know they have a very quick and kind of fluid attack. Um, but yeah, not not right away is maybe a difference. But I tell you what, the biggest thing that changes the game is the twelfth minute. Losing Angola Conte yeah. throws everything off. Because when I saw the lineup, I was like, "Nice, we have a scrappy, 
midfield that's going to harass the hell out of the United players. And they had, what, Fred, uh, Modic, and a two, and a middle two, you know, with uh, Juan Bissaka and Brandon Williams as wingbacks next to him. And then they've got, you know, Bruno Fernandes, you know, kind of in like in, in the hole in the number 10. So I was like, great, we can harass the hell out of them because Modic isn't going to go past half. So really you're just taking on Fred and, Mar- and and Fernandez in the middle with our three. I was like, this is an opportunity for us. And it just didn't just didn't pan itself out. But again, I think if you lose in Golo Kante in the 12th minute, that that's just the biggest game changer that Frank could have never planned for, unfortunately. Yeah, l- losing in Golo and then bringing in Mason, who, you know, he and Ross had to do a quick warm-up to get ready because you just don't expect that, especially that early. I, I think it wasn't as unsettling as, as you might have anticipated, but I think the problem was that Frank wanted to give Mason a rest today and like clearly didn't get a chance to do that. And now you're really worried about, you know, midfield options moving forward because, you know, what whether you think Conte's having a great season or not, he's still an integral part and a lot of adds a lot of quality to his team. So it's uh it's just not a great place to be and I think puts a lot of undue pressure on Mason to to deliver magic, which he, you know, tried to do tonight to no avail. Came close a couple times. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, not only did we come in with a, a thin lineup. All right, guys. Simon Johnson tweeting. Lampard has told the fifth stand app that he thinks CFC defender Christensen suffered a broken nose tonight in incident before the first goal. He also says that N'Golo Kante, Christian Pulisic, and Hudson, Callum Hudson-Odoi will not be fit to face Thifts FC, which is also Tottenham FC. Abraham is just rated as a maybe. So not only do we go into this match weak, we've now left the match even weaker, uh, which is a, a huge concern at this point of the season. I mean, look, we've... Everyone has been looking at Chelsea's next eight matches. It's always been, all right, great, international break, or whatever, not an international break, whatever the hell they wanted to call this fake break. It's like, great, you're going to have time. You're going to have time to recover. You're going to have time. Nope, Chelsea come limping in, and now we're crawling out. (laughs) It's not a great feeling, Nick, to be in this situation. It was you in the text side who said, this is not the Chelsea you'd expect after a quote-unquote two-week break. No, I I mean, take the injuries out of it, which are huge fucking issue for Frank now, but this team did not look like it had practiced anything new in the final third at all in the last couple of weeks. And of, and of course you want to give players time to rest and recover and, and all that stuff for the final stretch. But I think my, my bigger point we're about to get into it is, you know, if, if you don't use the winter break to, to drill new stuff, to try a new approach, then you know, a spa day or two isn't going to get you over the line in the Premier League. You know, it's just it's just not. So I think that's it's probably a good segue into our next part. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, let us know what you guys thought about the lineup. Really interesting. Obviously, unfortunately, just with the injury to Ngolakante and you know our four three three versus their three four one two and and how it all worked out, but. Uh, We're going to take a really quick break and we get back. Uh, lots of drama to talk about. Terrible finishing, VAR incompetencies. Uh, we can even talk about Frank's home form and just the season overall because there's some scary, 
scary uh, numbers that we can dig into. So we will be right back. Thank you to these sponsors for supporting us financially. All right, Dan, hot out the gates for our second question. Are Chelsea terrible at finishing or was VAR unbelievably incompetent today? Why not both? Correct. <laughs> C, both A and B. Why not both? Uh, look, I, I I know in the past when we've talked about VAR or refereeing for too long, we tend to get maybe a negative review on, on Apple Podcasts, which, yeah, this is a good reminder. Leave us a positive review. They'll, they'll make you feel better about what you're doing with your time right now. Uh, what I would say is this is probably the most hard done and aggrieved I feel with any set of decisions that have gone against the club in any type of match in a very, very long time. I mean, it's Barcelona-esque, Brandon, Mm -hmm. in terms of some of the, the, just the number, the number and the fact that in the first goal that Kurtzuma scored, where Fred pushes Aspilicueta, and then Aspilicueta then gets called for pushing Williams. So now there's just a theory of maybe, hey, you know what? If I push someone into someone else, if I think there might be a goal going in, it might negate or nullify the goal. There was, even before that, the direct kick from Harry Maguire as he's falling to the ground into Mishi's, you know, uh, SpongeBob-covered groin parts. And then there's the, you know, Giroux barely offside kind of situation there. But we should have been playing a man up from the 21st minute forward, Brandon. And I just don't get, you know, I I appreciate Arlo and Lee and Graham on the NBC commentary for just calling it out that that looked like a red card offense. It looked like violent conduct. And yet it just goes by. And I I just can't believe it. It was so, so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was. I mean... That was more blatant than the human song red card. And that's what they said. They're like, mm-hmm. where's the consistency? of the, you know? It's like in a court of law, there, a precedent is set. So many precedents have been set and broken this year in the Premier League that no one knows what the hell to expect. And not only severity precedents, because I can understand some like subjectivity to it, but I'm even talking about what they review and what they don't what they do want to look at and what they don't. And it's just bullshit that obviously the wound is is raw right now and we're having to deal with it, but it's like it's just been pathetic. And I think league-wide most people aren't a fan of this. Like most people aren't in favor of um, you know, the way VAR's being implemented and executed, especially when it went so well at the World Cup. Like mm-hmm. It wasn't bad in Russia, yet we rolled out in the Premier League after they had a year of testing behind the scenes. It's a hot pile of dog shit. Anthony Taylor was extraordinarily bad. Okay? Like, just awful. I mean, at some point, we were going to go back into the negative on VAR decisions. We had we had benefited too much recently. We had cashed in all of our loyalty points, as you mentioned in earlier matches. But uh, th- this was... This was like double bad points day on the loyalty program. That means yeah, it was the... Tottenham's gonna get screwed again. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know. Maybe that actually feels kind of good. That's a that's a great way to make me feel better and give me some silver lining, Brandon. The fact that we maybe 
we, we've hit now the opposite. We've gotten our nine punches. We're about to get our 10th bar decision free uh, for our favor. And uh, it's going to be a uh, goal awarded to us, our penalty awarded to us against Tottenham to win one nothing in the most Mourinho-style performance against Mourinho's Tottenham to secure three points. I think it's going to happen now. If you, Brandon, if you were if you were Mishu Batuai and you're looking at this screen grab right now and you had been on the field and got kicked out like that, studs to the uh, the nether regions, don't, don't you just go MMA and just start pounding on, on, on old Slabhead down there? Don't, don't you gr- just do it? A little ground and pound? He's Jody reacted. Morris looked like he was about to. Yeah, he wasn't the only one down there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd be. I think he reacted appropriately by trying to s- subdue the pain, the instant reaction. I mean, what in the hell? Did you see what Harry Maguire's quote was afterwards about oh, why? Oh yeah. He thought he, he thought Mishu was gonna fall on him, so he did it to just to stand him up. He didn't kick. He just put his leg there to hold him up. Well, you know, yeah, because that because because watching it back, that's exactly what a stand up looks like versus a kicking motion. Well, and you definitely know how you brace yourself is with your feet kicking out. That's how you steady yourself. You know, you, you know he's wearing metal sixes too, so <laughs> all the more dangerous. Well, th- it's a matter of the clear and obvious bar that they're trying to set. Was it not clear and obvious on replay, or what replay were they watching where they don't see the kick out from Harry Maguire in the Mishi? The clear and obvious push onto Asby that pushes him into, and I get, you know, he's putting his arms forward, which is a pretty natural thing. It doesn't look like there's the malice or intent there. And again, I understand the premise of not wanting to reofficiate or re-ref situations to a, a minutia level where there's so much start and stop. But if you're going to stop the game, you have to go to a guide path of getting it right 100% of the time, it, as long as it takes, and then work on minimizing the amount of time it takes to get the right decision. What we're doing is the exact opposite. We're rushing to get the decision in many cases, and we're still getting it wrong. And that's where I think a lot of the frustration comes into all this. But I would also say, Brandon, we can't let that get in the way as much as we're upset about it of the fact that we actually just were not good in front of goal again. Yeah, it compounds it, right? You know, if we banged four in, this would be a mild nuisance. Unfortunately... They were the roadblocks of all roadblocks today in a match that felt like nothing at all could go our way. And so, again, the stat line, 17 shots, only one on target. You know, our best opportunity to score was when De Gea tried to dislocate his own shoulder on the post. Um, And, you know, I think what's probably the most – we kind of have two storylines here, right? (laughs) <laughs> Mishi, I think everyone is totally done with him. Like, we were fine as him as a backup striker. Now we're like, oh, shit, he's not even good enough to be a backup striker at Chelsea. And it's a huge concern. Poor Mishi. I think everyone's fan favorite loves him, but it just was not good enough today. And the chances were there. The opportunities were created, and he was oh, yeah. woeful. Uh, and then um, the opposite... His opposite number was Olivier Giroud coming in and looking decent and at least scoring, you know. Yes, it was potentially marginally offsides, 
but he converted one. And that is something that even Mishi didn't get the, um, like the gratification of the ball going in the back of the net, even if it was called back. Well, you got that right. That was pretty much the sum of it. I, I think I, I want to buffer the, sh the shots on target element a little bit because you have to consider the fact that there were two goals that were pulled back, which would move that to three on target. So those are not going to count as shots because they got pulled away. So maybe a little bit better, the fact that you know Zuma so flipping excited when that goal went in. I was so happy for him. Uh, it's a great two-touch finish off his it's plant amazing. leg and then into his, his right leg. <laughs> yeah. And then the... I just... I Mishi was just never in the right position or not willing to take the right first-touch opportunity and just put it in. I mean, there, there were plenty... Of moments that the Reese James moment when he early on in the match just decided to take a top opportunity from distance, just powered it forward. That was great. But again, it goes back to either not having the right other person in the box to help move the ball around appropriately or not have, you know, just taking the chance quick enough and trying to overwork it. And as much as you wish we were in a better position, this just goes back to showing, I think, how much of a downgrade it is to go to Mishi from from Tammy Abraham to Mishi. And I think it also showed today that we have not been giving Giroux the right opportunities and the right platform to try to make his case. And I think with the amount of attempt we want to crossing, with the amount of time they let us have in the ball, he would have at least stayed more central, whereas Mishi was just going out to the wings and was navigating around the pitch, and it was... I don't know, Nick. It was just ridiculous. Like I never, he was never in the right position at the right time, and it was it was actually a bit of an infuriating watching experience. Yeah, I mean, if if you look at where Mishi was on the pitch, outside of the one clear chance he had at goal, which he completely fluffed, um, or I guess the two chances he had, um, it, it just wasn't good enough. He looked slow. He looked lethargic. I think the NBC commentary. Uh, completely got it dead on the first half. He looked a, pay, a, a step slower than every other Chelsea player, including Pedro on the pitch, which is is not where you want to be if you're Mishi and you're trying to prove your worth. Drew comes on, wins headers, holds up the ball, uh, looks clinical, is able to score a great header um, that I wish would have been allowed. Provided a back heel assist that, or it should have been assist to Mateo Kovacic, which was probably the best offensive move of the day for Chelsea, and looked like a complete striker. And one wonders, Brandon, if you're Frank Lampard, and you have given Mishi every chance in the in the you know the world this year within you know kind of the backup or second striker option, and you saw what you saw today, would you be? reconsidering how this team lines up for Spurs, knowing that Tammy's not 100% fit. Oh, yeah. We're putting Alonzo up top from the beginning. Like, let's not be sad. <laughs> not your worst idea, Brandon. Unle not, not your worst not idea. Mine. I think Eric's texted me that. Uh, Honoré Kumquat in Discord had just said it. Like, this is getting momentum, so we need to get a hashtag. We need to get a movement going and no, see what we no can come up with. No, look, hey, we now. might be back to a false, false nine type situation. With uh, you don't play Giroud. No, 
No Eden Hazard. Of course I would. Yes. I. But you know what's interesting is like what I mean. Frank. I mean, he had no option to put on Olivier. Are we Giroud. gonna do the Are we gonna do the Ross Barkley false nine again? Do we want Do we want it? Do we really want to do that? Of course not. Right now, we don't even want Ross Barkley is a, se- a six or an eight, let alone a nine. Um, but like, why? Why? What's Lampard's deal with Giroud? I mean, it, like he had to been pushed so hard to get him in the match today, and it's just. I don't know. It just seems it seems weird. Like Lampard has been calculated on a lot of other things. Um, but like this one just almost seems a little self-inflicted. It it was night and day, right? I think we have to say that. Like the the difference in the performance and what you saw in 20 minutes, although against a more tired United than what Mishi faced, night and day for how Olivier holds up the ball, how he leaps in the air, how he controls the ball, how he passes to his teammates. I mean I, I hate to bag on Mishi this much, but the dude was just absent today. And Giroud looked like a guy who had the potential of scoring a goal because he actually put one in the back of the net. I mean, God forbid we, you know, give him a, a run out now and, and let him see what he can do. Because the other part of this, Dan, that, you know, we just kind of talked about the injuries is let's say he trot out a half, you know, fit Tammy and he gets injured again and he's out for longer. Like, that's the worst-case scenario for this team. That is absolutely correct, because if you are being a pragmatist and you think that you might not be able to get the results against Spurs, but then you look past it and you think about Bournemouth, Everton, Villa, West Ham, Watford, Palace, Norwich, there, there are plenty of what I would deem of course, this season, you can't really deem anything without it going completely haywire as winnable three points in the bag fixtures that should help us lock in a top four or top five finish as Manchester City have thankfully just with with all the grace and generosity in the world have vacated their Champions League spot this season as an act of charity to the rest of the league. So I... I I don't think it's out of the question to say that we can still make it to the Champions League this season, but it is going to be stitched together and backdoored in a way, Brandon, that is not going to feel great and is going to be super tense and hold on to your butt moment through the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, So Lampard uh, has some quotes from after the match kind of talking about a lot of the things we've discussed and some other things. So again, uh, exclusively on the Chelsea Fifth Stand App, download it. It is the official app, and you get a ton of content there as well, as well as chances to win signed kit every single match. So, uh, Frank, over to you. Are you concerned? I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's not. I don't like the word concerned because this this game will concern you every time on a run of six on the bounce, seven on the bounce over the season. I'm concerned about many factors. Um, so um, I don't like losing games um, I don't like the way we're losing games because we're losing games that we, we clearly particularly at home have had big share of possession big chances in the game lots of shots on goal at goal around goal uh, and we're not finishing them and it's a reality that's getting clearer all the time we're not getting enough goals from striker areas Tammy had his period earlier in the season now we're not getting enough we're not getting enough goals from wide areas um, and, it's, and that's a fact and it's hard to win games you can dominate them as much as you want but it's very clear we, we make a lot of chances as much as anyone in the league probably barring Liverpool I know, I know that um, and we're not finishing them so I don't want to talk about regrets the window is shut now we have what's in front of us which means we're in fourth place by a point 
season starts here so that affects that we need to try and get fourth place so there's that <laughs> um good to know he still doesn't like losing games yep and uh and he's just so frustrated with our inability to score and convert which is the worst and if we continue down into the official twitter account of chelsea uh after the match, Lampard and decision that cost us tonight. Quote, they are crucial. Maguire should get a red, and then he scores a second goal. That's what VAR was brought in for to check different angles. End quote. And then he also believes that Zuma's goal should have stood as there was actually a foul on Aspie in the box. He feels the goal was given, and then there was nothing clear and obvious to rule it out. Hashtag Chain Mun. I, look, Frank is feeling it as well. And unfortunately, it's just the way the cookie crumbled today, and it's bullshit. But it's our shit cookie that's crumbling, Nick, and we have to deal with it. Bigger picture as we step out, because it'd be I think it'd be super easy to just get sucked into the, the 90 minutes today, which were the worst. Um, our home form isn't great. I mean, Nick, maybe you can even go all the way out to just our, our league form in general, because... Uh, Statman Nick here's got something to say. We've just we, we've won four of our last fourteen Premier League matches, guys. Four doesn't feel like it, does it? Oh, That's I think terrible. it does. Yeah, it's, I think it's really bad, right? Two of well, it doesn't feel like that because two of them are against hated rivals in Spurs and Arsenal. The other two have been um, there was uh, Villa and it was Burnley. Those are the other two wins. Oh, the Pulisic hat trick. No. No, the other three now. Oh, the other one? Okay. Yeah. So it, looking at that, Dan, looking at four of the last 14 Premier League matches, this is where I have to give – I think we have to pull back a little bit and say if Maurizio Sarri had won four of his 14 – four of 14 last season and that poisonous atmosphere that we had, how positive would we be on this show right now in that scenario? It would not have been good. No. Uh, I will say. To, <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Th- Bold. <laughs> th- this is probably the most upset. You know, I, I think we're trying to frame it like where where do I feel about it, this in terms of results? Probably comes as close to the City loss 6-0 or the Bournemouth loss 4-0 in terms of feeling. But I, I, I mean, this one was so hard done. Like, there was actual effort. You know, Mason, Kovacic, we were playing really, really sharp games. Pedro, you know, looked good. Um, I I don't feel... I I feel as if this is the nothing-can-go-right type of stretch or scenario, whether it's injuries, whether it's shots not going in. And I I don't know. I guess maybe at the end of the day, I'm appreciative of the the try at times, even though I know that it's not going to execute across as much as I'd like. I, I don't know how you get it much better than where it is today, Nick. I, I don't. I mean, I, I I get the point that you're putting across, but I, I don't know if I, I kind of reject the premise just a touch because I, I think there were a lot of points last season where it looked like the, the try wasn't there. And today... I don't feel like I saw, I mean, Zuma with the goal he had, Aspie's effort, Reese kind of just trying to fire some shots. I mean, the, the the effort from the players is there. It's some of the execution that's lacking. Last season, it was execution and effort at times. I'm going to quote Yoda to you real quick, Dan. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> do or do not, there is no try. Uh, so I think that speaks to actually the results because it's a results-based business. And, you know, we're, you know, we're seeing, look, I love Frank Lampard. I'm supporting him until, you know, whenever it is that he leaves the club, hopefully in 15 years with as, just as many trophies. Like, I am not down necessarily on Frank Lampard. I am down on this situation. What I perceive is a lack of adjustments, both by the players and by the staff, right? Like, I think I think there does have to be blame spread around for this stretch. And, you know, this team... If even if they had an average, let's just say that we had won seven of the last 14 Premier League matches, just split it in half, we would be comfortably in fourth place, like very comfortably in fourth place. This team has struggled so bad once once the uh, the Premier League figured out how to play Chelsea to do anything offensively that, you know, we, we saw a nil-nil against Southampton last year, Brandon, that legitimately I think was the most boring game I've ever watched and we were there to see it in person and I feel I felt like that at time multiple times this year just I never thought we'd score today I never did and even though we had a couple of really good chances it just never felt like we were gonna get back in the game and this team does not play from uh, from a, a deficit well so I, I think there's just some glaring issues that if they don't get it together in the next stretch it's over real quick um, I mean, I felt like we were going to score, but I get the sentiment that, I mean, it's clearly not clicking like things were earlier in the season. But, I mean, if you look at this lineup compared to the, like, the beginning of the season, I mean, this this is a completely different team. Literally, a different goalkeeper. Rudiger wasn't playing. Christensen wasn't playing. Reese James wasn't playing. Aspie was. Jorginho was. N'Golo Kante was I think he was injured early in the season though, right? Kovacic was kind of in and out. William was playing. Pedro was not. Mishi was not. I mean, this is literally guys like our B team out there. Well, not completely, but it's sure as shit not our starting eleven that we need. And so if we have to go through this stretch with this kind of a group, it's going to be tough. And the problem is with the guys that come back that are healthy, they're young. They need a run of games to perform at a high level and they haven't gotten it because this is disrupting their development so i'm really concerned of of what it's gonna what it's gonna look like so lampard had some quotes on the home form struggle thanks to the chelsea twitter account quote we're losing games where we have a lot of possession lots of shots we're not getting goals from striker areas or from wide areas and it's hard to win games if you don't score goals end quote uh Simple, but a huge issue. Yeah, but and what's if, the solution? Is my I guess is my is my question because that new he, striking options. It's it's copy paste from what we've seen the last month and a half, two months of the season, right? Like he could he's that's his stump speech right now in political terms. He has that thing just ready to roll after matches. Tons of possession, tons of shots. Not enough conversion, not enough good play from wide areas. That's your stump speech. It's I don't I don't see any different approach though. Like yeah, I mean they've talked about that they can't work on finishing anymore in training because they've done it so much. Um, I can tell. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, and again, I I think that 
you know, when you have Pedro out there, William has been struggling too. Like the quality is not there. So, I mean, it'd be kind of, you'd have to go like, you'd almost have to like regress the team. Like, yeah, yeah, you guys used to be really good. We're not anymore. So instead of playing an attacking expansive style, we're actually going to ball up a little bit and be, you know, like a less fluid and a less attractive team because you guys suck right now. Well, it's the kind of game that we talked about when when William was playing well earlier in the season, Dan. It was the kind of game we talked about where it's like, oh, man, you know, you need a guy with experience to step up and to be a leader on the pitch. And the dude was absent today. Like he's clearly he was clearly our most experienced and talented attacking player on the pitch, like very clearly. And to me, this is the game. Like if I need William for a game to really step up and do something crazy, it's this game. And I got nothing from him, if I'm frank. And that's tough. Yeah, I, I think to that point, in the absence of Tammy, having Giroux up front, having World Cup winner Olivier Giroux up front is something that excites me from a just putting putting a target man in there and taking those wonderful Reese James crosses and just seeing what you can make happen and trying to steal our way to a top four finish because like if you look at the fact that we have scored 43 goals in the league it is the you know tied right there with Tottenham uh we've let through 36 goals they've let through 34 like it's I don't know it's it's wild uh we, we technically though if Liverpool were to lose the remainder of their games this season uh if we won every game we could still beat them on points just, 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 you know, if you like math. No, I, I think it's re- it's a really good thing to talk about, Dan. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because uh, because that seems realistic. Um, I mean, Brandon, like you, you look at the midfield, for example, today. Not to like derail your whole train of thought here, but like I thought Kovacic and Jorginho played relatively well. They played reasonably well. I thought Mason Mount came in and did a job for the time that he was in there, although, you know, the final pass maybe was missing from his, from his game, but to be fair is missing from everybody's game. So it's not a slight against him. And I thought the defense outside of two crucial moments played relatively well. I thought that Reese played well and that Dave was, was very good. Uh, and, and this team still lost two nil at home. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, you know, a team with their own injuries and their own mediocrity. Um, I just, yeah, the fact that when you see that Chelsea have lost as many Premier League home games this season as we did between February of 2004 <laughs> and November of 2010. That's wild. It's hard for me to solve that. <laughs> and it's hard for me to comprehend that. Uh, credit to Duncan Alexander for that tweet. Um, I just don't... Like I just wanna, I just wanna be upset about this one, and you know I know you want to talk. You know the midfield they were okay, defense was pretty good, but again it doesn't matter. You know Jorginho can point and yell all he wants, but if options and decisions in the attacking third aren't going off, it doesn't matter who's in there, and it's it's just gotta. You know, I I don't know. I feel honestly, I feel like our wingers really let us down right now. Pulisic's directness 
is hugely missed. And I'm not saying that just because it's pool sick. I'm just saying in general, the amount of just wasted runs we get from William and Pedro, I just, it, it pains me to see. And none of them, I mean, Pedro will just run into defenders, run into just busy spaces. And he, before he'd pull the trigger, there's no real combinations. Like why not find someone and then make the run into the box? Like how often, like it's it's an important thing in soccer to get the defense to run towards their own goal. We don't do that enough at Chelsea. We let them face us up and we play in front of them. We don't get them to turn their back and run towards their own goal. And that is a huge issue. We're not getting in behind. That's what Man City and Liverpool are yeah. freaking wizards yeah. at. Well, and, and Pedro, Dan, Pedro didn't even have a bad day by Pedro standards this year. I, I thought he was actually okay. Uh, he got really unlucky that the ball that kind of fell to him in the box was, uh, it was a really good um, block from Wambasaka to get back. But like, you know, he, he should have had an assist to Mishi, who, you know, you know, was kind of pathetic uh, up front and, he wasn't even that bad, but it wasn't dynamic enough. Yeah. I mean, it, he wasn't he wasn't causing Wambasaka any issues by by any means. He was, you know, again, like Brandon said, it was just face up football. It was easy, too easy, and too often we were giving the ball away and letting them have the opportunity to try and push us down the field and, and make life difficult. And it's the the effect of the post hazard hangover. It's the fact that we cannot get a lot of luck going our way. And I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm looking at the fixture list for other teams in this top four battle. And I think the one thing you have to start hoping for is a lot of these teams start splitting points and we can pick up a couple wins and, you know, get plus two positive points over them over a couple of matches and hopefully string this together and find ourselves, you know, with Champions League football again next season through a top five finish. I well, mean, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I uh, just, yeah, I, it's, if that, if that even is the thing, I mean, the whole Man City drama has been crazy, but, you know, if you look at the table, we got a lot of business to take care of. You know, it's not, uh, this is going to be tough. Obviously, Liverpool running away with it on 76 points. Uh, Man City on 51. They still have a, a game to play. So they have a match in hand, could go to 54. Leicester in third on 50, and Chelsea falling away, 41 points in fourth. And unfortunately, that gap that we had on the other team is gone. Tottenham are fifth on 40 points. So as Nick said earlier, huge, huge, huge match at the weekend, okay? Uh, Whoever wins will be in fourth, unless we draw, obviously. I understand that. Uh, Sheffield United in sixth on 39 points. Man United in seventh on 38 points. So all of those teams are within three points of Chelsea now. Seventh, sixth, fifth, all the way to fourth. And then you've got Wolves in eighth, Everton in ninth, Arsenal in tenth on 34. Burnley, Southampton, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, West Ham, Watford, Norwich. It's, you know, the fact that even Wolves are only five points away, Everton are only five points away, Arsenal are seven. All of a sudden, like, a couple more bad weekends... It's all the bottom is completely fallen out, and we're down in eighth. And we we blinked, and we didn't know what happened. And that could be the potential, Dan, of how this kind of run in ends at this season. I know you've got your five thirty eight, you know, here saying Chelsea have a sixty eight percent chance, sixty eight percent probability, probability of finishing 
in a spot that qualifies them for the Champions League. And Tottenham will be next at 48%, Man United at 35%, Wolves at 20 Sheffield United at 16 and Everton at 11%. Arsenal are uh, only at 3% at the moment, hmm. though they have looked... Um, yeah, when you can get Ozil scoring, uh, I don't know. Anything is possible for Arsenal at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it it just brings up why January was so important and we stumbled our way through that and why this, you know, these two matches are such a big part of our season because when you languish and you let other teams catch up to you, it's, you know, it's like you're asking for it. And, and I think Chelsea are a hundred percent asking for it right now. And, you know, add into the fact that we're going to have to play Bayern Munich in the middle of this. Like I, yeah, I'm, I'm as down and back to my, uh, you know, feelings preseason about where we'd finish. And I don't see trends developing that will take us across the line unless we just get stupid lucky again, like we did last year. It's not looking like that's going to be an option. I mean, if you take the Bayern legs out of it, you've got Spurs at the weekend, then Bournemouth a week later, and then Everton a week later, Villa a week later, and then Man City on the 21st of March. So you're like, Villa, you should win. Bournemouth, you should win. Everton, we didn't earlier this season when they were shit. They're actually good now, so that's not great. Yeah. And And then Spurs are pulling rabbits out of their asses. So, you know, it's that... At least it's a rivalry match, and apparently we step up in rivalry matches. And we obviously have VAR on our side for that one, We, as we know after today. So maybe it'll turn around, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. So that's the match review, Dan. Well, that's, well really quick, where, no, where do you guys think no. we're going to finish? <laughs> no, where, where are you going to do it? Come on, Dan. First in the league, second in the league. Where, where are you? You want predictions? <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want predictions as of right now. Where, where do you think we're going to finish? Just Yeah, I, I think as crazy as this sounds, I think we'll still finish in fourth place. I, I just, the other teams are also so inconsistent. I mean, Sheffield, with 28 goals for, 24 goals allowed, have managed 39 points. United have only come back into it. Wolves are starting to feel a little back and forth on it. I, I know everything about today and this moment should say we will not finish top five, top six. I I just, th- there is at the end of the day, if we get them healthy, too much talent on this team to be able to string this together than to, than to not. So I'm going to go with the hopeful and optimistic approach, Nick, and you can bring me back down and pop my balloons and, knock my yogurt or frozen yogurt into the ground and do everything else you want to do. Happy, happy birthday to the ground. Um, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think just like looking at this, looking at how consistent Sheffield United have been, how Spurs are on a resurgence, how United somehow get lucky. I think we are far closer to finishing seventh than we are finishing top four just based on form. I mean, four of 14 guys, this isn't a short term trend. I'm looking at and saying, Oh man, we're just really down after this. It's been going on for a long time. And what if that seven game winning streak or whatever, Brandon was not uh, the rule, but the exception. I mean, it's, it's entirely possible to see this thing fall apart. And 
my sixth place prediction at the beginning of the year looks pretty damn rock solid right now. You know, I'm struggling to like have a lot of confidence in a top four finish right now. Again, it does, like Dan's point, it doesn't mean it can't turn around. It's just that where we are and where other teams are. I mean, Tottenham, unfortunately, they just seem like a stronger team right now. Um, they don't even have Harry Kane, which there is the argument that they're better without Harry Kane. Um, I don't think like a Sheffield, I don't think United, I don't think Wolves or Everton will get above us, nor Arsenal, but I don't. I just don't know. It's one of those things where the mentality is starting to crumble, Dan. And so it's like, what what, what can Frank do when we crash out of Champions League and we are, find ourselves in fifth or sixth all of a sudden? I don't know what we're going to do to turn it around. I just would say that Spurs also don't have an easy fixture list remaining either. I mean, after us, they go play Wolves. They have Burnley at Turf Moor, which is always a bit of a bogey. They have to play United still. They have Sheffield at home, which Sheffield have proved to be a bit of a challenge. They have to play Arsenal still. They have to play uh, Leicester. I mean, there's enough teams on their end, too, that doesn't make me feel like they should be considered like just a shoe-in. They're going to do it because their form has completely resurged. Because, again, to the point you're making, Nick, like, this is only like a recency bias for Tottenham too, where they've strung three together and they've also gotten a lot of luck to make that happen because the argument maybe should stand that they probably deserved a draw in their last match and managed it into a win. I mean, it's true. I mean, I'm not telling you that any of these teams are significantly better than we are. I just think I know the way that we ended last year was more luck than not. And if you're if you are of the opinion that that we're going to catch all these breaks again for you know second year in a row, and bear, you know just finish with what maybe maybe fifty five sixty points, <laughs> to to you know, I mean it's just not. I don't think that's a, a feasible argument to make right now. And I I think again if you look at our goal scoring record, the only way we're going to win these matches is if we score goals, and we really haven't been. Nope, but time will tell. Let us know what your predictions are for Chelsea at the top four chances at the end of the season. But uh, we hope this has been cathartic and therapeutic for you listeners. Um, it, it was a tough one, uh, I think, for all of us. And just something we're going to have to power through. Hopefully it's a blip, but uh, it's not a good trend for Lampard and Chelsea at the moment. So uh, here's to hoping um, that Ole at the wheel will take it down on its own and it'll take one less challenger for the top four out of the race for us. But again, uh, whatever your lucky and traditions are, whatever you need to do uh, to generate as much positive energy and, and maybe some negative juju over to Spurs, we need it this weekend. Huge, huge match. Get out to the pubs. Get online, do whatever you need to do to get into the Chelsea community uh, because we're going to need to band together uh, for this one. So that'll wrap it up from us. Thank you, as always, Nick and Dan, for listening uh, or for being here. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much. You are the most important part of this, uh, and we appreciate you. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.